I'm Hillary. And I'm Sandra. Coming up on the podcast, we are going to talk to Becca. Becca is an exhibitionist. Becca has sex in front of people with her partner. Becca has sex in front of her people maybe one day with multiple partners. And we're going to find out why. What <laughs> drives that need? Driving might actually be the, uh, the operative word there. <laughs> yeah, you did. Yeah, you did. The Quick and the Dirty Podcast with Hillary Welch and Sandra Plagakis. Oh, I feel like I, I, I fully raged out by a story I saw in the news the other day. Uh, you may have seen it as well. Uh, it's a story about a young woman who was on a dating site called Rhea. And this dating site is really exclusively for people who are rich celebrities. Like, you, you can't just be on this website. So it's it, for people who are better than us. Oh, all of them. Every single one of them. Definitely. <laughs> so she's a younger woman and uh, I don't know what she does for a living, but she's young and she's beautiful and she's now on this website. And what she did is put a video exposing a conversation she had with Ben Affleck, who she had matched with on Rhea. And what she was trying to imply was that older men in Hollywood are preying on these younger women on these dating websites. And I, I, I am fully enraged by this takedown cancel culture that we live in. That she, he, he didn't do anything wrong, by the way. All he did was match with a younger woman and flirt with her on video. That's it. Right. And if uh, my memory serves me correctly, on any of these dating websites, you set your own parameters. So if she was stupid enough not to set them to a younger age, if that's what she was looking for... She's asking for that attention. I, I I fully agree with it. It's almost like she baited him. You know what I mean? It was the classic bait and switch. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and I am the, uh, the kind of woman that tends to always side with a woman when it comes to any matters of Me Too or something like that. But this isn't a Me Too issue. This is a young woman who's looking for attention and baiting older celebrities and then talking about the problematic culture in Hollywood with young, older men uh, uh, dating younger women, implying that he's almost a Harvey Weinstein, which uh, there's no evidence of that. And I was literally hurt for Ben Affleck, literally. Now, that- don't get me wrong. Ben Affleck, kind of a piece of shit. I mean, he's not been good to his ex-wife. He fucked up a lot. He had yeah. a drinking problem, a gambling problem. But this is not been one of his noted problems no uh if you're an older dude and you like to date younger women and they're of age and they consent uh yes yes i think you're creepy i'm gonna put that right out there i'm gonna say if you are his age and you like 20 year olds or like scott disick you're 40 and you like to date 19 year olds you're very creepy to me but it's still not illegal if everybody consents right and part of me thinks that somewhere in their brain they still think that they're 20. And like, Aww. they're just so broken that they still think they're cool enough to be hanging out <laughs> with a 20-year-old. And so it's it's less being creepy and more just being completely unaware of yourself. I completely agree with that. And I know we're totally being judgmental bitches, but that's who we are and that's what we're doing right now. Uh, <laughs> I will say this. When I see and I want, and I, I, I know men who are my age, who are dating 25-year-old women. In fact, I know one in particular who's always on my Instagram feed, and he is almost 50, and he's living with a woman who's 24 years old. And I look at him, and I, I see his happy pictures with the woman who looks like his daughter, and I, and I look at him, and I think to myself, 
This is a cry for help. <laughs> I, I, it's like instead of buying a Camaro, which is a clear flex, you, 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 you drive a 24-year-old because you want everybody to think that you're, you still got it, right? I actually think it goes deeper than that on an emotional level. A 24-year-old looking at an almost 50-year-old man who's got his stuff seemingly together has money, has all these other things, is going to seem like perfection. They're not even going to question it. And they're going to look up to that person and fawn all over them and think that they're perfect. Whereas in the case like Ben Affleck, we all know he ain't perfect. He's majorly flawed. And no grown woman would willingly walk into that situation without doing some serious investigation. Right. Well... That's actually a really good point. <laughs> and maybe that's why he like he well, I don't know that he likes to date younger women. I think he likes to date. And I think that he is exploring all his options as a single man, although now he's he may or may not be back with JLo. But um yeah, it's a flex. It's it's a flex. It's it's uh for me, okay, I've told this story before on the podcast, but when I was about twenty years old, I dated a guy who was about 30, 32. Mm-hmm. And I remember there was one point in our, we were, it wasn't really a relationship. It was more like a, you know, hey. <laughs> you know. Yeah, you, you know. don't even have to say it. Hey. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> I remember at one point after a few months of the hey, uh, waking up, looking over at him, seeing a man who was um, aging, aging to a 20-year-old anyway, and thinking, why the hell can't you... Find a 32-year-old. Why aren't you dating women your own age? Why are you dating someone who is clearly young, immature, I'm partying all the time? And then I, then I really started to talk to him and I realized how just fucking stupid he was. He wasn't a very bright man. And I just think he liked the trophy girlfriends, you know? And then I realized I'm nobody's trophy, you know? And I remember I never saw him again after that. Well, and also at that point, you didn't want him to be responsible. So it's showing up for what you're willing to show up with, right? Right. If he's dating a a 20-whatever-year-old, you're not looking to settle down. You don't want him to have his shit together. You don't care. You're like not in that stage of life. So you have zero expectations. Oh, totally. Absolutely. I wanted a man to teach me the ways under the covers. (laughs) (laughs) And how'd that go, Sandra? uh, pretty well, actually. I mean, five star reviews all around. <laughs> if you're going to have an, a, an older man in your life or an older woman or whatever, at least make sure that they are really good in bed. Like they have to be really good in bed. So at least you're getting something out of it. <laughs> yeah, that's fair enough. Do you think that you would get a thrill from watching someone have sex or having them watch you? Because on this episode of the podcast, we are going to talk to a fun-loving, sexy lady adventure seeker who has a little, I, I would say, a dab of exhibitionism. Please welcome to the podcast, Becca. Hello. Was that was that like a really over introduction or what? I think Too much? Was, I, no, that was the best introduction. I think it was perfect. It does describe me pretty perfectly. Yeah, I feel like you're you would definitely be an adventure seeker if you are the kind of person who likes people to to watch you while you do the most intimate thing with another person. Yeah, I think it takes a level of of comfort and and risk taking and adrenaline. <laughs> 
Okay, so let's get right down to it. How long have you been sexy, fun, and occasionally doing it in public? <laughs> um, <laughs> I think I think I've always had a little hint of fun um, in all of my life, but in my current and only, hopefully, particular marriage, um, for for our, us as a couple, it's been it's been a little over five years since we started. Um, seeking pleasure in different ways and considering, um, you know, fantasies and, and exhibitionism and voyeurism and playing that kind of stuff. So yeah, about five years. So you literally one day you're sitting around with your husband and, uh, that would have had to have been an incredibly honest and raw conversation because you know you throw it out there and have the other and then you know say I would love for someone to watch us having sex and if the other person isn't into it it's uh you know awkward (laughs) (laughs) it was a really I think it was a really beautiful and organic um conversation to have between us we um we have been I've been a naturist for as long as uh since I was an adolescent um and uh and so I think it's opened my husband's eyes up and we were like the the conversation came about we were trying to book a 10-year wedding anniversary trip just the two of us away from our kids for the first time and we wanted to go to um to a nudist resort because that's what we do and we and we if we're going somewhere warm to a beach we definitely want to be naked on that beach uh and the only one we found happened to be a hedonism resort and uh and so that just opened up a pathway for really great conversations about what we want and what our commitment to each other means and and uh, what our fantasies are and uh, it was great it was really it was really um, a beautiful moment as a as a couple to have gone through that and to keep going through it we, we talk about it all the time now once you decided okay we're gonna go to this resort did you set boundaries how did you kind of prepare yourself? And your trust level, like you guys have to have like an amazing amount of trust. We, we do. I, I really can say I have the perfect marriage. Um, and uh, we, we do. We talked a lot about boundaries. We talked a lot about what we wanted. And, and the most important thing for us was that we were together through all of it. And we made each and every one of the decisions together as they came up. And so, um, you know, we had all these great hopes and and kind of ideals before we left for our vacation and, and got that down there and, and were surrounded by what we had wanted to be surrounded with. But it took, our, it took us, it took me especially a little time to adjust. Um, and so every step was, a, was another conversation and every step was checking in with each other. And, and yeah, we, um, the boundaries part, I think, was quite easy. We do trust each other and we trust our motives for, for this type of fun and adventure. We really, um, uh, yeah, we were ready for it. Uh, okay, well, hedon- to- if you're going to start, hedon- Hedo is the place to do it, let's be honest. Right. <laughs> like, you yeah. want it, like, it, it, must, it, it must be its own little sex bubble, to be honest with you. Or, I mean, I don't know if it's a sex bubble, and, and maybe maybe I'm, I'm misunderstanding what it is, but I, I will tell you my experience with hedonism. Uh-oh. And I've never... <laughs> 
Buckle in, everybody, for this story. No, no, no. I, I was staying at a, a resort next to Hedonism in Jamaica many, many years ago, and it was American Thanksgiving. And we're just on the beach doing our own thing. And then, lo and behold, a bunch of naked people are having a naked parade down the beach uh, with, like, socks strategically placed on their male genitalia. And it was the most glorious afternoon I think I've ever had. <laughs> and I remember thinking, like, first of all, how do you keep the sock on? That was the first question I had. And then... <laughs> Honestly, I just thought, how great that you have this group of people, all shapes and sizes, all kinds of different ages, all from different backgrounds, you can tell, and they're just having this wonderful shared experience, and they're all so comfortable in their own skin, and here we are, the prudes at the next resort. I, by the end of that parade, all feeling pretty shitty that we couldn't be that open with like, our own goodbye, bodies, Goodbye, beach cover-up. <laughs> Exactly. And they were actually handing out beads if you showed your boobies. And I did not show my boobies for beads because I was wearing a one piece and it would have been awkward. But anyway, but I remember that was the first experience with uh, hedonism that I'd ever heard. And then, you know, because we were next door, all kinds of stories were coming, going around about the kinds of things that were going on there. And I thought just to be so sexually liberated and comfortable in your own skin, what a great way to spend a week. I mean, it must be so freeing. Was it everything that you thought it would be, Becca? I, it definitely was and more. Um, it was, but it was also uh, daunting. It was very daunting. Um, I, I like to think that I'm content in my body and uh, naturism for me is, is uh, body image therapy, but there's a, and I've been naked in, in front of people a lot. Um, you know, every other weekend before COVID, we swam with our nudist friends. And so we, we, that part was, was easy for me, but it was uh, putting nudity in a different context was a really big adjustment and really quite daunting for me because you, you go from just being comfortable in your skin to that, that sense of desirability, um, which, which plays, I think, with, with a lot of women. Well, right, because <laughs> naturist, yeah, sure. it, the whole point is that it's not sexual. And then so that in, there's, at there's, hedonism, yeah. you're bringing the sex back in, which totally changes the game. Yeah, it does. It really, and I, I wasn't, I don't think either of us were ready for that. We just thought we'd get to hang out naked and have a little fun. Um, uh, but the, the whole resort is really geared towards sexuality, which is really fun when you're, when you're ready for that, when you're ready and, and, and willing for it. And we really were. So it was, it was a, it was a blast. It was, it was a lot of fun. We, we went with some expectations that maybe we would try certain things that we didn't end up, but we were very happy with um, with how everything played out. We had a lot of fun. We got in trouble a couple times. You got in <laughs> trouble? Oh, I want to hear that story. What? How do you get in Hello. trouble at Edo? <laughs> I <laughs> they, know. They wouldn't take their clothes off. <laughs> what? Like, okay, we have <laughs> to fully know. Clothed. <laughs> no, we were naked as soon as we could be, um, but we didn't recognize there were rules as to where you could not have sex. Oh, oh, do they not like put up a whole rule list? I would assume anywhere with food. <laughs> yes, very true. You do not want to mix those two. But um, but we didn't realize we weren't allowed to be in the water at night. So our first night there, you know, we we, we came out of our, we dropped our bags off. We came out of our room and we were staying on the, at the resort itself, there's a, a nude and a prude side. Um, we stayed on the nude side for sure. and out to the 
pool to witness an eight-person little orgy happening in a corner. And, <laughs> and uh, only eight? In, Jesus. Uh, only eight <laughs> yeah. in that corner. Um, and so that evening, after we had settled in, we decided to hit the beach. And it was quite quiet. And we went into the water and started having our fun in the water. And uh, very quickly... Somebody came and said we weren't allowed to be in the water at night. <laughs> you know, liability. I get it. But, yeah. Probably, has, I think it had to do with some uh, wildlife in the water. Right. In the evening. <laughs> but, um, so that was our first our first experience with being oh. chastised for being in the wrong place, having sex in the wrong place. But that's part of it, too. You got, I mean, honestly, for me, it, it would have been, like, kind of made me feel young and alive to get, oh, like, yeah to get thrown out of a place that public nudity is and pl- public sex is acceptable. Like everything's on, so on the on, table, yeah. but you got called to the right. principal's office at Edo. <laughs> <I know. laughs> yeah. Totally. So I'm again, like, I don't want to make this whole podcast about Hedo, but I kind of do now. Can we call I'm for so a sponsorship? Seriously. <laughs> right. I mean, I've, I would, I, there's a part of me that would love to experience that. Although I will be honest, I would be on the prude side of the beach because I don't think I could let, my bit, I just, I, I can't, I'm not at that place where I'm comfortable. I understand that the more I do it, the more it would be, uh, you know, it would be easier, but it's just I like. I feel oh, like man, keto I... would be like going to a party where you just want to make sure you're not the most drunk. You want to make sure there's somebody who looks worse <laughs> than you. Like that's the rule to parties. Like always make sure someone's drunker than you. Always make sure someone looks worse than you do. You just be like, yeah, exactly. I just want to know that there's another, uh, you know, m- mature lady with a couple of low hangers. I'd feel better. But it's so funny. I mean, it, it's when you get there, it's so different. And I'm, I've got that that with that nature's and background. I've, you, we get so used to seeing all these different body types, and the only person who's really intent on on paying attention to what you're looking, what you look like is yourself. And so the more time you waste on that, the less time you get to just have fun. Can I just say one other thing? You're right about that. But I know that if I had to be naked, I'd spend all my time in the pool because they float like nobody's (laughs) business. And they're very very perky. Right. I love my perky boobies in a pool. They're brilliant. But as soon as I come out, it's like, Ugh. <laughs> what happened? Uh, so I know, I know that I know body positivity. I've heard it all before, Becca, but that's how I feel about myself. And that's just kind of the way it is. So what else happened uh, during that week at Hedonism? Did you get involved in an eight person orgy by the end of the week? We did not. We did not. But we did enjoy um, the different activities. There are lots of activities there. Uh, sensual massage courses for couples and, uh, you know, a foam party on the beach. Um, and we did uh, have a lot of sex and have a lot of sex with uh, just with the two of us, but with other people around uh, in the daytime, on the beach, in the playroom. We, um, it, was, it was an exhausting week. <laughs> but, um, but really good. You're was, very it, limber yeah. now. <laughs> <laughs> I always have been. <laughs> Atta girl. Yeah, you have. Uh, what, when you left your, after your week at Hito and you come back home, did it change the game for you? Uh, it upped the game for us. I think it, it allowed us to see that we were really comfortable in exploring our sexual, our sexuality together, um, and our, uh, what it means for us to be a couple and what kind of that, that faithfulness means. Um, and, uh, 
Yeah, I think it changed the game in a really great way. We came back really proud of ourselves for having done it um, and having enjoyed ourselves the whole time. It was, uh, it was, it was, yeah, it was a trip. And then, of course, you you get off on those memories for quite a while, and that carries you through until you know the next exploits. So, are you guys on the Did- same page when it comes to your boundaries, or? Has that been a bit of a discussion? Because that's sort of where my curiosity lays. Like in every relationship, there's a little bit of a difference in sexual desire or wants and needs or whatever. So, of course, you made those decisions together. But was one partner pushing one way versus the other and then you came to an agreement? Or how did that work? Yeah, absolutely. I, I think in, in most couples and in our couple, um, my husband is certainly the randier of the two of us. Um, and also, he grew up very, very, very uh, in a very conservative household and very sheltered. And so it's a nice breakout for him, too. <laughs> um, so um, I think, yeah, my, my husband certainly has the wilder fantasies. And we've talked about what we're willing as a couple to um, to do or try or to think about. Um, and, and I, I'm not, there's some things I don't think I'll ever be comfortable with, but yeah, there's never, there's never any doubt that, um, one would push too much than the other or one is holding the other one back. But then like, we tend to come to really easy compromises. I think my concern only because I'm an insecure woman (laughs) Would be that if someone even suggested something like, say, one partner was like, we can do this between you and I, but we won't go outside the marriage. Okay, that's the way it goes. But if you know the other partner wants to bring in somebody from outside, that would unravel me. Huh. See, that's exciting for us. <laughs> well... Uh, that would unravel me too. <laughs> to be, let me be honest. Me too, because I there's still, you know, as confident as you get as a grown up and as you evolve as a couple, there would still be a part of me that would feel that insecurity is like, why well, I'm not good enough. Like what? And then I'd start to like overthink it, and I'd wonder what was wrong with me and why. Ah, uh, yeah. How 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 the fuck are you so secure, Becca? Tell me about. Teach me the ways. <laughs> I'd love to learn more. And so if that excites you, have you gotten to that point? Or is that just a discussion in play right now? Um, Sorry, gotten to the point of, I missed the last question. Have you gotten to the point where you've brought in somebody from outside the marriage? Or is that just fun play discussion thoughts? Uh, It's discussion. We've made attempts. um, And it is discussion. uh, And we have plans. Um, once once restrictions are are over, um, yeah. So it's a discussion that we've had that we're we're looking forward to trying. I but um, but the insecure piece, and I mean, I don't think we were always at this place, and I don't. I wasn't always at this place, certainly with my body or with my relationship to be to feel as confident as I do now. But but what I know uh, going through all of this and sharing all of this with my husband is that, like, at the end of the day, he wants me pretty bad, and I want him pretty bad, and we're really good together, and we're deeply in love, and so we have that trust that we're not, like, there's nothing we can mess up. If we make a mistake, then we'll just, you know, we'll move on, we'll heal from it, and we'll we'll move on, but you know, our boundaries and our rules thus far have been, we stay together. The two of us are together through all of these adventures. 
I love the fact that you communicate so well together. I think, uh, you know, you've got so many different things happening, but it's, I mean, if you can't communicate openly and honestly with your partner, like what the hell do you have? Right. Well, so rare. Like we don't always. Right. I'm like, listen, Becca, you're talking to a woman who's, who's out of a 27 year relationship and no, no, don't be sorry. It's, it's, it's good. She's happy about it. Don't worry. I am. I'm happy. (laughs) (laughs) Not to be not, I didn't mean that as a, you know, as a, (laughs) as a, as a, as a throat punch to anybody. But what I mean by that is that it's okay because I recognize that what you have in that open line of communication is such a healthy thing. And I did not have that in my marriage. I didn't have that Mm. ability to be able to completely speak candidly in a way that it was received and vice versa. He couldn't talk to me. I think that that... We just just weren't there. That also comes from how much you've invested in, in a relationship. As somebody who didn't find so I'm just now living with my long-term partner who I think is you know my one that I'll you know do this thing with for a long time we'll retire together like long into the future but it took me a few years like way too many um and what I noticed (laughs) through my dating past is the more invested I was in a relationship the worse I am at communicating my wants and desires because I care more about hurting somebody else's feelings. Hmm. Yeah, I, I think, I mean, our relationship and our marriage isn't perfect. We have lots of work to do on communication in other areas. But, but our level of communication when it comes to our sex life is, like, top-notch. So if, if I could get the same energy on... <laughs> like, would you do the dishes? Hello. And, Household right. maintenance, you know, <laughs> that would be really great. But but at least on this level, yes, we we are lucky to be able to be on the same page. I don't we don't know many other couples who are on the same page and, and a lot of the people that we meet in the groups that we meet, which are sexy groups, um uh, you know, we see a, a lot of couples that are maybe on their third or fourth major relationship or who are who are there to try and fix their relationship. And think, well, if we just spice it up a little bit, it will be better. Um, but that was never the motivation for us. We don't, we don't need spicing up. We're pretty happy with our love life the way it is. But we just wanted, you know, try something different and more fun. Uh, speaking of family, where you talked about that you have, you know, kids and so on. What? Yes. Uh, now, I'm assuming that your children are naturists as well? We raised them that way, yes. They, uh, they've they been naturists from the time they were born. They're not all still in that place. Because the teenage years um, you know, are freaking brutal. Are very comfortable. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, we, we haven't hit that phase yet. My kids aren't, aren't, uh, aren't quite teens yet. But, um, but yeah, we, I wanted to, I wanted to take body shame out of our, out of our discussion, out of our life. I don't, I don't like the way that our culture kind of, um, dances around body shame from the time we're young. So we raised our kids in naturism, but we don't raise them in this, <laughs> in, in, uh, any kind of like sexuality gets taken out of everything naked. With right. Them. Right. Cause that's, that's what course. you grew yeah. up with and what you're familiar with. That makes total sense. Yeah. But at the yeah. same time, you would hope that, you know, that comfort level to be, I mean, I, I just, I don't know. I, I don't even know what it would be like to grow up as a young woman 
or a young man to not feel some kind of body shame. It, it's so ingrained in my generation. Yeah. And, you know, we were, we've been surrounded by all this imagery all the time on what the perfect body looks like. And if you don't have the perfect body, cover it up. And if you're a heavier, uh, you know, society doesn't like you either. Although now we're, you know, embracing body positivity more. But as far as I'm concerned, the damage has already been done. And we can only undo so much of it. Uh, but, you know, and then you hope, obviously, that your children evolve in a way that maybe you have to be these these comfortable humans that can have open, honest conversations with all of their, the relationships that they have. I hope so. That's what we're trying. Yeah, good for you. <laughs> I, I really appreciate that. So what about the rest of their fa- your family? Do they know that you go to keto? <laughs> no. So our families don't. Um, my husband's family, uh, like we would be disowned if, or he would be disowned or excommunicated if, even if they knew we were naturists. My family knows that we love to get naked, but my parents are also very, you know, come from that generation. I'm in my mid forties, so my 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 mom was brought up quite prim and proper. So good girls certainly don't do what I do. No, they don't fuck so, in public, Becca. <laughs> no, they don't. <laughs> We don't share that. We don't. They're so like we, proper naturists. We, we get keto, naked, but right. we don't fuck. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm okay with the naturism piece because we sold them on that, you know, from the time the kids were tiny so that they, you know, so that they didn't think we were creepy because we're not creepy. But, um, it's not creepy but, uh, if yeah, they don't. you're all going into it with the same intention. The creep comes when there right. are people there not with that intention. Which very rarely happens. Exactly. They're pretty pretty safe groups, yeah. We've had a couple of naturists on the podcast over the last few years that we've been doing it. And, yeah, I mean, we. I I feel like I have a pretty good grasp of what that community is all about and what you stand for. They're about towels. Bring them everywhere. (laughs) Did you say towels? Yes. Please, bring your towel. That's That's what I remember most about any naturist podcast that we've had is that the only rule to being a really good naturist is always carrying a towel like, right. so that you can sit. And, and no sexuality. Right, exactly. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that, that was my takeaway is that how being a naturist has absolutely nothing to do with sex. So yeah. that was the part that surprised me about it. But here you are living, so you're naturist, and that doesn't have to do with the other, I get it. But no. now, now that you are, you know, you're back home and you're living your lives. How do you explore this new uh, uh, faucet of facet, uh, faucet, facet of your relationship? Uh, so we, we, from that time, from the time that we we made the jump to Hito and and started talking more seriously about our desires and our fantasies, um, we started exploring different venues locally. Um, and so we joined a, we joined a group in the Ottawa area and, um, and that group has some events at Obsessions, which is a lovely little sex club in Ottawa. And, um, so we've been a few times and, and been able to keep pursuing kind of that adventure in sex. Um, so yeah, it's been great to, to uh, to get out and and still get a chance. Now we haven't had to, we haven't been able to obviously in all of COVID, but um, we're looking forward to getting back there someday. Well, that if if you don't mind, I'm wondering once COVID is over, how is the, the sex club game going to change? Because I, I feel like it's going to change. 
I think it, I, yeah, I, I wonder, I, I have no, I keep trying to figure out what it's going to look like when we get out of this mess, but, um, you know, I think it's once we get, can get back to some semblance of normal, the safety level doesn't really change. And when we go and the times that we've gone, you know, we go to dance and we go to party and then we go, you know, to have sex in front of other people in the back room and, um, or watch other people. Um, and so we're not necessarily engaging directly with other people. So I think there can still be safety and distance, but you can't, right. obviously it's, can't it's, distance with your You're partner. not having an orgy. <laughs> you're having sex with each other and people are watching you and vice versa. Yes. Well, I'm sure there's going to be like COVID tests and whatever else. Yeah. It'll all come around. Oh, yeah. They have quick it tests. Will. It'll be, you know, you have to... You fly into your location, you have to do tests and stay there for three days, and then you go to the resort. Like, they'll work it out. <laughs> I'm just wondering, when you're having sex in a club and you know that you're being watched by multiple people, are you performing for them or are you more engaged in what you're doing to your partner? Because I would be like, oh, that's a bad angle. Flip me over. Flip me over now. Right? <laughs> like, how does it, who are you perform? Are you performing? I- and that's, I think this is really great to chat about because I, I went the first time um, when we were at the resort, I, uh, I thought about that. I thought about what position I was in. I don't have a perfect body. I've carried three massive, beautiful babies in my body. I have like floppy skin and rolls, and, um, but my, I love my body and I love what my body can do. And so I remember being really worried about that desirability piece because when we went to the resort, I think our goal was to hook up with other people. And so I wanted to look good. But once you get into it, like once we started really getting into it and we start, started hitting my, my fun spots, it, forget it. It was just so, it made it so much part of the atmosphere to look around and see that there were other couples having great sex all around us. Um, some watching us while we were doing it, us watching others while they were, you know, people swapping, people moving all around. And that, you get into that. And so, you know, in the final act, I'm, I'm in it for me. And, um, and I'm mostly intent on, on the, what I'm experiencing physically. Um, but everything around you really plays into that. You can't take that environment out of it and it just makes it hotter. I love that you said that because I think that that's the piece that most people miss in relationships where maybe the sex isn't great. It's that you didn't show up for you more often that your partner didn't show up for you. Because if you're there for you, you'll ask for what you need. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, did you learn any new tricks, by the way? You know, like for me, I would, you know, I'm, I'm a student of all kinds of things. I would definitely be watching to see some moves and to see where I could improve. <laughs> yeah. I, I, yeah. You definitely get inspiration from others around you. Um, uh, you also get applause sometimes. We, we, we like to. Like yeah, can you imagine Our, getting a yeah. round of applause after an orgasm? That would be the best. <laughs> or like it a was, stick in the dismount. It, <laughs> it was so, it was like, it, it was such an amazing experience though. Because we were, it was the middle of the day. We were outside on a beach chair on the beach. This is in Jamaica, right on the, like there are people everywhere. There are people swimming, people just sitting around reading their books. And we're frisky because it's beautiful and the sun is shining and, 
you know, we could see people, one creepy guy watching us, but we didn't, we heard conversations behind us, but we weren't paying attention to what was behind us until we were done and they stood up and clapped. <laughs> Amazing. You know, there's a part of me hearing that. I would love someone to give me a round of applause for like a good <laughs> session. <laughs> I think that, like, I think that really sealed it for my husband. I think he, like, it was such a moment of pride for him that uh, it was great. It was great. And then when we had, um, you know, after one of our evenings at Obsessions, uh, a gentleman came up to us and said, I really, really love watching the two of you. Um, You can tell you're just really into it together. It was like, wow, that feels, it's it's nice to be complimented on your (laughs) Not necessarily your abilities or your skills, but your enjoyment and your pleasure. Well, that's really lovely. Going back to Sandra and her, like, (laughs) did you see any moves? I would liken it to, you know, when you're on the dance floor with somebody who's a really great dancer and you can kind of like (laughs) copy them and pick it up. That's (laughs) what I imagine this sort of situation (laughs) like. (laughs) I, I think when we were there too, what we were picturing from learning was, okay, how do we get more people in there? How can you involve <laughs> four people at the same time? Like a dance-off? <laughs> <laughs> it's a fuck-off, yeah. Except a big giant yeah. fuck-off. I love it. <laughs> so where where do you go from here? I mean, you've evolved. Your relationship has evolved to this point, and it's a pretty cool thing. And I get that we're in a pandemic, but do you talk about – What's next for you as a couple? We do. And and I think part of when we were talking before about that insecurity piece, the, I mean, it creeps in. It's always going to creep in. I think it creeps in in any relationship. And so there are times when I think, you know, is this, is this going to be enough to satisfy those fantasies, to satisfy, like, can we go back to just normal sex, the two of us from here on in, if we, if that was the case, if one of us wanted to back out? Um, so we've had that conversation quite a bit, um, and uh, and so you know we're 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 always gonna or in, for for this time we're gonna keep planning in these moments to to have more fun. But if it doesn't ever happen again, then I think we're okay with that. Like we you can always look again, back on it. It's in this the proverbial spank bank. <laughs> Yeah, like we, yeah, we don't we don't require it to still have a really fun and healthy sex life, but we do enjoy it. So we'll go back to it as soon as we can. But right. if we don't get back there, it's okay. We did it and we had a lot of fun. But we we do keep we do want to do it some more. Do you know what's always surprised me? Because you talk about obsessions. We actually had the owner of Obsessions on our podcast uh, about a year and a half ago or so. Uh, anyway, what what struck me is that there is this sex community. Every community has a sex community and every community has this in it, whether you're a part of it or not. I just, it just surprised me speaking specifically to Ottawa, how strong this is. Like we're a, we're a, we're a government town. We are, uh, we are. I think that's why though, button down at work and let it loose at night. Like I think that's probably why. Yeah, and you know that you know how they have the uh, the Sexapalooza shows that come through various Canadian cities. <laughs> Apparently, Ottawa, the Ottawa Sexapalooza, one year they said was the biggest trade show they had, and I thought, do you guys know this is Ottawa? What? 
<laughs> you know what I mean? So, yeah, it's always, uh, it's it's nice to know that there's a lot of people in my community anyway who are having a healthy sex life. And I'm surprised there aren't more sex clubs in Ottawa, to be quite honest with you. Do you think the, the city could warrant a few more or handle it? I I'm not sure. I think, you know, in each of the times we've been to the sessions, it's always been busy, but I'm not sure what it's like. Uh, You know, we don't go regularly enough to see. I mean, there's probably a call out there for it if there weren't such a stigma around it. Right. But the nice thing about any kind of town, I think, even a business town like this, is when you go to this club, you're not in your everyday person. You're not in your suit and your tie from your government jobs. You know, you're you're likely dressed to the hilt or wearing something you might not wear in public. And and it's a bit like you take on a different persona. This is, you know, this is your wild side that gets to get out. And so, you know, when I, when I go to obsessions with my husband, we're just a like young Randy couple. There, there aren't three kids sleeping at home. You know? <laughs> there, it's, it's a full it's fantasy, kids. not just. Well, it's, it's, you know, okay, these are our adult selves. This is, this is this part of our couple that we get to go and celebrate and, and have fun with tonight. And, you know, you get to leave the rest away. And I think that's for a lot of people that do frequent the club, you know, it's a, it is their chance to rip off whatever suit they're wearing, um, you know, whether it be home or work or, or even just what's expected of us from culture and society. Yeah. You, you get to rip that all off and put on some sexy clothes and go flirt and learn from other people and fuck. And that's always fun. Isn't it, though? I bet you can't wait for this goddamn pandemic to be, go, to be over so you could get back to the good, the good fun stuff. Oh, and, you know, another trip. We're planning another trip to Jamaica, hopefully. And, and oh, uh, I when need we to feel be okay for again. Christ. <laughs> There's going to be a lot of people getting Randy on that trip after a pandemic. Oh, Ooh, my goodness. Right. Uh, Becca, thank you so much for coming on uh, the podcast today. I just, I love this candid conversation that we had. And I love the relationship that you have with your husband and the, and the journey that you're taking with each other. I think it's just beautiful. I do too. I think it really has strengthened uh, our relationship more than anything, um, but also allowed us to have, to explore each other more and, and explore our fantasies and our desires more. And it's uh, just feels right. Well, we are so excited for you in the end of this pandemic, and we may need to check back in and see what post-pandemic, like, getting out there is all about. <laughs> God help us all, huh? Please do, or, you know, if you need to, if you're doing a podcast on swinging or orgies, we might, we might have some. Oh, right, because you're about to expand then. your repertoire. Well, I, it's, it's. It's always been on the table. It's always something we've been interested in. It's just finding the right people to share that with. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Thanks again, Becca. We appreciate you. This episode is over, but the conversation doesn't have to be. Follow Hillary and Sandra on social. Instagram at Hillary on Air at Sandra Kiss 105.3. Twitter at Hillary Welch at Sandra Kiss 105.3. And on Facebook at Quick and Dirty Podcast. Got a question? Email Hillary and Sandra, thequickandthedirty at gmail.com. Don't forget, you can download the podcast each week to your mobile device to listen offline. Find The Quick and the Dirty on FrequencyPodcastNetwork.com, iTunes, or wherever you download your podcasts.